Welcome everyone. This is Virginia Parsons, your hangout mentor and the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where it's my purpose and my passion to bring you the entrepreneur I gold mine of entrepreneurial tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business from normally inspirational business women in the know, but today is a special edition and we have one of our wonderful entrepreneurial brothers with us today, Scott Patton, and I'll be introducing him to you in just a moment. I want you to know we're doing something we don't get a chance to do very often, and that is we are simulcasting today. We are simulcasting on Hangouts on Air over on G+. We are simulcasting on Blab over on Twitter. If you happen to be on Twitter, I would love it if you would go over to the left of your screen and click on the tell a little bird and let them know what we're doing over here, all about Power Podcasting Unleashed. So just click that button and tell your Twitter friends that we're live right now. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> Good, hooray! Wow, I've never had that happen before. That is a first in my in my uh, broadcasting history that I have dropped off. Well, here we go. Yeah, you got you got to go with the swing of things. Thanks everybody for hanging in there with us. <laughs> Let us know where you're hanging out from. I'm trying to hang out with you at the same time that I am uh, broadcasting again, as I said, I'm Blab. I probably jinxed myself, didn't I, Paul, or Scott, because I said we were broadcasting all over the place, which we are, by the way. <laughs> we are broadcasting all over. We're like octopus fingers out there. And what's going to happen is Scott is going to share with us how we can take our reach even further. So let's try this again. And um, Scott, come on in because you haven't had a chance to do that yet and say hi to everyone. <laughs> hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here and delighted. And thank you, Virginia, for making this special event just for us. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, really something I felt was so valuable. And especially because the, so many people who follow me are broadcasters or, or are thinking about broadcasting in some way or another. So I just thought what you had to share with everyone was so profound. So what we're going to do is start with your background, Scott. I think it's important for people to learn where you came from and how you became known as a podcast pioneer and what you've done in that realm up until this point. So now you take the floor. <laughs> wow, that's a long, long story. I'll try and keep it short. Uh, I started off as a bagger at a grocery store and I ended up managing the stores for about 20 years, well, 15 years of management. And in the 1990s, uh, there wasn't a lot of information about, well, certainly there wasn't as much information as we have now about health and everything else. And the only clue I had was the fact that the people that were my peers and um, 10 years older than me were either morbidly obese, having nervous breakdowns or having heart attacks. And I figured that's probably going to be me if I don't make a change. So I did. I got, and fortunately computers were coming out. I, I started teaching people how to use their computers, having been self-taught, which led to making websites, which led to getting traffic, which led to getting conversions, because these were all the problems that my clients would end up having. And I didn't really know about being an entrepreneur or being a freelancer or an outsourcer or any of these things that we talk about now. It was just, I knew that after managing 300 people, I didn't want to manage anyone. So I went through this period of working on my own and then, uh, 
I was approached by the Internet Marketing Center, which at the time, not 2002, was the largest internet marketing training company in the world. Did about $30 million in sales. And they wanted me to be part of their mentorship program. I ended up becoming a manager there, and we had 25 mentors. So it was kind of like PhD thesis level meetings because we'd have all these geniuses talking about SEO and pay per click. And, uh, you know, there would. All right, now we're hoping that Scott is going to be able to come back and join us. And this is, again, the challenge of doing simulcasting because it does require a lot of RAM and internet browser space. So, Scott, you're back. Go ahead back. with your story. All right. And uh, so anyway, I, I was working with all of these geniuses, and I figured out how to use blogs to get your site to the top of Google very, very quickly. And so as a result, I ended up traveling the world, uh, telling people how to, how to blog. And as I was putting that program together, like basically was I had two hours, and I knew that I could talk for an hour, interest, you know, be interesting on blogging, but certainly not two hours. I would put everybody to sleep, especially since they wanted me to talk Saturday night. So they would be with my boss for 10 hours, listening to him drone on, and then they'd have a huge dinner, and then they come back for me at 8 o'clock and they'd be ready for a nap. So I thought, what could I teach? And this thing called podcasting was just sort of rearing its little head uh, in 2004 and 2005. So I thought, well, you know, it was really hard learning how to blog. It's probably going to be really hard learning how to podcast, but, you know, I'll check it out. And it was so easy. All right. Okay. We're Here in we business. Go. We're <laughs> on the edge. We're on, we're on the edge. <laughs> that's kind of where I live. It's kind of on the edge of the technology that's coming. And thank you, Virginia, for pushing me over the edge because I've never, I never even would have thought of doing a, a blab hangout with a Periscope intro. I think that is absolutely amazing. Well, so, go ahead um, as far as where that took you to start and become a, a pioneer in podcasting. Yeah. So I went around the world teaching people about blogging and podcasting. And, and one of the events, which actually was in my hometown, a friend of mine came and he said, you know what, let's do this weight loss podcast. I wanted to talk about weight loss. So I said, okay. And in a year, we had 375,000 people listening to us, which was absolutely astounding to us. And we did no marketing. There was no Facebook, no tweeting, no, I don't think even YouTube was around really. Uh, but all these people just found us on iTunes and started listening. So that's... And I've just been teaching people, nonprofits, uh, how to do that ever since. You started out with a podcast for, for weight loss based on your own experience. And I, I wanted to go over, because as I was doing 10 things at once, I wanted to go over that you had subscribers so fast. Why is it you think that you got the subscribership that you did? Was there just no competition out there and it was a huge um, topic for people? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there was a number of reasons. First of all, you're right. There, there wasn't as much competition as there is today. And there's not a lot of competition still today in the podcasting field. The other thing is, is that we took a very unique approach to it, which was think fit, be fit. You know, it was weight loss and the mind. And the whole pro process was, we all know we need to eat better. We all know we need to exercise. We're not doing it. Why? It's what's going on between our ears. And then we went from there. And the, my co-host was uh, who did a lot of the teaching on it. So basically, I was kind of the producer interviewer. 
and he was the expert. So when you're podcasting with somebody else, there are three roles. There's the student, there's the expert, and there's the reporter. So you need to pick one of those and then go from there. So I picked the reporter student role. He was the expert and he would do most of the teaching. I would then translate it for the audience because a lot of times people would say, you know what? I didn't understand what he was saying and then you rephrased it and I made perfect sense. And of course, that's the beauty of doing this with somebody else is you get a different perspective that can maybe get through whatever obstacles there are to communication. And uh, so as a result of uh, the fact that we were kind of new, that we had a unique twist to it. The other thing was, you know, we were entertaining. It was fun. It, you know, it wasn't boring. Uh, it was great information. So it got spread. Like one lady on a really popular news magazine blog, like she was a writer for the magazine and she had a blog there, found us and talked about us in her blog post. Now, the only reason we knew was we could see where some of the traffic was coming from and it was coming from this page on her blog. So I went three times to her blog and I could see where she had written. I'm listening to Weight Loss in the Mind, blah, 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 blah. But I could not see a link. So she had not blued it, you know, she had made it so it looked. And it was the third time when I'm mousing over the line that I actually found the link. So it was an impossible link to find that was driving hundreds of people to our podcast, which was really blew my mind because you could not find it easily, and or at least not on my browser. Uh, so what happens with podcasting is very easy to get shared. Well, lots of stuff is easy to get shared now, but she she shared it, other people shared it, and that's what happened. So you need to be interesting enough and exciting enough that people are happy sharing it, and that was that was a big part of our secret. Well, it being interesting is always important. Um, I like the idea that you said have fun, that you were you were creating a podcast that was fun. It, you know, weight loss can be pretty tough and not always a happiest subject in the world. Okay, this is this is definitely the challenge of the year for me. <laughs> but anyway, we're going ahead with it because if we have to, we'll edit this all out and get it. Uh, going again. So for whatever reason, I've not had this one happen and it's happening consistently today. So we may end up telling people to come on over to Blab. Sorry, everyone, for that. That's technology. You got to roll with it. You know, one of the things I love about this technology is that it's available to everyone. It puts you on an even playing field with all the big boys out there, all the big broadcasters that are out there. So yeah. um, I appreciate your sort of exploring this with me and I you know it's fun Scott because I've done this several times now and we've had like you know four people simulcasting it has been really challenging but fun and successful so today for whatever reason there are glitches in uh, cyberspace so we're going to make the best of this I want people to get your content I don't want them to be distracted by uh, the broadcasting glitches so we're going to stay here on blab for the rest of the show. Uh, okay, Scott, let's go forward then. Let's talk about leveraging your assets. So there's a lot of people who are using Blab, who are using Hangouts, and as we talked earlier about using Periscope, and they're creating broadcasts all the time. They're recording them and they're doing what I say, creating a whole library of assets for their business. Now, a lot of them haven't taken the leap into podcasting. Tell them what they're missing out on and why they better get on the bandwagon with podcasting. Well, 
I think it's safe to assume that Apple is one of the most successful business stories of the 21st or 22nd century, whichever one we're in. And why would you not go with them? And they're a multimedia company. There's no doubt about that. They actually made, I think they made the basis of their success in music. And uh, as a sidebar to music, they thought, well, we've heard of these podcasting things. We'll just throw a podcasting directory in with all the music, which they expanded to TV shows and movies. And as a result, you have this huge uh, percentage of the population who have iPhones and stuff. And they, what do they do? They want to listen to music or they want to be entertained. And after a while, they get bored. And what do they do? They expand. They look at, well, what's this thing called podcasting? And they look in there and all of a sudden there is this whole new world of, of information that's, that's opening up. If they're entrepreneurial, if they're trying to be better and improve themselves, what is the one message that almost all coaches tell people? You're spending 20 minutes to half an hour going to and from work. Turn your car into a rolling university. And before it used to be we would buy these packets of CDs and throw them in and we'd be listening to Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or some of the, you know, Deepak Chopra, these people. And we'd be learning and learning and learning as, and it was just, it was, you know, cumbersome at all, you know, when you think about it. And then it moved to, well, I'm just going to take my little phone and I'll plug it in somehow. And then you did that. And then it was Bluetooth. And now it's like, push a button on your dashboard and there's your subscribed podcast. And then you listen. And let's talk a little bit about the difference between radio and podcasts. In radio, talk radio in particular, it's great to listen to it because these are the people that have been trained and they're professional and all the rest. So how do they segue from one topic to another topic? How do they start the show? How do they end the show? How do they go for commercial breaks? How do they put product placements? There's all these questions I listen for answers to when I listen to them. I love these guys. But almost always, they have the news at 12 o'clock. At 12.05, they give you the weather. 12.06, they give you the sports. 12.07, they give you the business. Then it's, oh, Virginia, thank you very much for being on my show. And we've got this question from one of our audience members. Could you please tell us, blah, 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 blah. Wait, before you answer, we have a commercial break. We have to go on. And it goes on and on and on. So in order to get 10 minutes of information out of radio, in my opinion, it takes an hour. And that's their expectation. And when they just get into it, oh, I'm sorry, Virginia, we're out of time. We'll have to have you on again. So when you have a podcast, they're on topic. And all they do is want to give you the meat of the nut for 20 minutes or a half an hour. I've always recommended people talk for 20 minutes. And actually, if I'm talking to somebody and I want to get them on my show, I tell them it's 10 minutes. Because I know that once I get them warmed up and talking, they'll go on for 20 minutes or longer sometimes, right? And because I am the executive producer, I can decide how long I go. And if, they, if they're really interesting and they want to go, great. And I just tell everybody, you know, make sure you have a little bit of time at the beginning, at the end, so we can warm up and debrief so that they're not like all of a sudden rushing to another appointment, like right at the end of the 20 minutes. But when, when you look at the difference, then it's like, well, how do I tap into that? Well, first of all, if you're doing video, it's not a good idea to be watching video when you're driving. So you need to do a second type of show. And I really recommend that you have a video show and you have an audio show and they're separate. There are three or four modalities of learning. Kinesthetic, which is touching stuff. 
visual, which is looking, which would be the video person, auditory, which is listening. So if you're just doing the video thing, like I tend to be an, I'm a weird video, um, visual audio learner, right? Like I have a hard time actually listening to an audio podcast, but if it's a video podcast and I don't have to do anything, I can have, it's really weird. As long as the person is talking and I can see them, I'll be somewhere else away listening to them or whatever. Uh, because I don't watch them, I can't stand watching them. But if if they're not there and it's not video, I don't like. So this is just Scott's weirdness, right? But the thing is, is when you're podcasting and you've got them in your your someone's driving and listening to you, you, they're basically multitasking, and we're used to that, right? That's the beauty of podcasting is you can multitask. So I can go for a walk and I can listen to you. I can I can wash the dog. I can do the dishes. I can vacuum. Well, maybe not vacuum, but. I can, I can go exercise in the gym. Like I can, you know, whatever you're doing that you don't need to have 100% attention, then part of that time can be spent listening to a podcast. And because the place where this happens more than anywhere else is the car, and now Apple has made a deal with all the major car manufacturers. From now on, every car is going to have this little computer that's somehow connected to the internet that has a button that says podcast. It's going to have a few other buttons on there as well, but it really means that you're going to be able to uh, just push a button on your car and listen to any podcast that you want, which is just a massive change that's happening. So, yeah. So this, this is all on new cars. That's what you're talking about. Our new cars, right? That's right. Oh, I might have to go out and get a new car. <laughs> well, and also new car radios. So those of us that you know, we've got an old. We've got a cassette player in our car, <laughs> you know, might be time to upgrade it. So got it. Get the new radio in. It's going to be set for podcasts. That is exciting. And I totally agree with you that the problem with commercial shows is that they end up with very limited um, content because you're, you're, you're in commercial mode the whole time. So uh, that's what I love about, of course, all these live streaming broadcast capabilities that we've got here. And um, I want to thank you for finally coming and getting over here for us. Hey, Sheila, welcome. We've had a few technical difficulties today, but we are still moving forward because the content is what is important. So thanks for joining us over here. And I think we've got um, Fakori Sabah. Saba. Yes, great. Thank you for for making your way on over here. And we hope as we continue to broadcast that we can pull some more people in to um, enjoy this priceless information. If you are watching us in replay mode, great. I want you to know that we are in here talking to Scott Patton. He is really considered a, a podcasting pioneer. He has so many good tips for how we can take our online assets, which is what I call these broadcasts. If you're doing broadcasts on Periscope, broadcasts on Blab, broadcasts on Hangouts on Air, those are your assets. And he's just very well explained to us how you can take those assets and get them out in multiple ways through podcasting. Now, one of my questions for you, Scott, is you said do not have uh, your audio podcast and your video podcast on the same channel. So yeah. you're suggesting we set up a whole nother iTunes channel uh, because right now all I'm doing is video casting and I need another channel to do true audio podcasting, correct? I, that would be my, I mean, you don't have to, but that would be my advice because oftentimes these things are set up to autoplay. So once you're done one episode, you go to the next 
And if you're a visual person and, and it just automatically plays the same show over, but it's an audio, then that can be, and vice versa, that can be a bit disruptive. And so you want to have the people, you, you're basically divvying up your group into your tribe, your community into two parts and making it easy for them. The whole point of this is making it easy. Okay. Like some people say, well, you know, I send messages out and tell everything through email and I go, how are the spam filters treating you today? And there are no spam filters when it comes to podcasting. So someone subscribes to you, they get it downloaded onto their computer, phone, iPad, iPod, and soon your Android device automatically. And then there's a little red at one and it's like, Oh, Virginia's latest podcast must be here. And they click on it and they, push play and they play and away you go. So it's really, a, it's really a, it's really like the radio. If you got the radio set to a channel and you turn the radio on, it's on the channel, right? So, uh, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to check your inbox. You don't have to check your spam box. It is delivered 100% of the time, all the time. So what length you had mentioned that you're doing um, podcasts that you ask people to join you for 10 minutes and you know, you'll stretch it out to 20. What length of podcasts are you doing or do you recommend people do 20 minutes? And, 20 minutes. and it, again, it depends, right? First of all, there's someone who does a one minute business tip every day. Well, 20 minutes isn't going to work for a one minute business tip. Right. And then there are other people where the, they get into the depth and they've created such a, a strong following that those people actually are riveted for a half an hour or an hour. So you, you kind of have to sort of, what am I talking about? If, so for example, if I was doing a, uh, and we'll just say it's, it's obviously going to be video. It, that's the other thing. Are you, is what you're talking about a very visual subject? Okay. So Photoshop, there's a great Photoshop podcast. Well, that's obviously video because how, you know, go up here and click this. Well, that just doesn't work on an audio, right? And he, and the people that watch it is like, yeah, I really want to know how to do this. He can go on for hours and his audience is going to listen because they want to know that information. But generally speaking, most of us are going to take about 20 minutes to, to listen at a stretch. And what I used to say, this was because AOL in 2004 did a study and people were uh, interrupted on average every 20 minutes. Well, today it's on average probably every 20 seconds or two seconds or 20th of a second. Uh, but TED Talks is interestingly enough, 18 minutes. And oftentimes they'll go over to about 20 minutes. So I thought, oh, if it's good enough for TED Talks, it's good enough for us podcasters. And that's where I come up with that number. Okay, I love that. So now you've got an idea of what's considered an ideal optimal length, even though you can certainly vary it. Now, how often, how many times a week do you recommend it? Uh, well, I recommend doing it once a week. And the reason that I do that is it's, a, you know, we're used to weekly TV shows and all that sort of stuff. If you're doing a blab daily, daily, if you're doing a blab three times a day, three times a day, like it's whatever you're like. So if someone says, oh, I'm just starting up, I don't know what to do. I would say once a week. And that's really good. Again, it depends if you're doing a daily one minute tip podcast. Obviously, it's daily. Uh, dailies are very, very hard to keep up. I know a lot of people that said, oh, I'm going to do a daily show. I know one guy actually has and he's done over 300. But what he does is he books off Tuesday. 
And from eight in the morning till eight at night on Tuesday, he's recording everything for the next week or two weeks down the road or whatever it is. And it's massive. He does not have time to edit the recording. He doesn't have time to post the recording. He doesn't have time to do the show notes. He doesn't have time to do the titles. He hired his brother who then started a business uh, called Pod Assist where they do all of that stuff because he saw his brother just trying to do all this work and couldn't do it. So I think it's important to continue and to be excited and, can, and not quit. And I think if you're doing it daily, you're setting yourself up for failure because most of us are going to be doing it all by ourselves and that's just too much work. So once a week, uh, you should be able to edit your audio in, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, listen to it. That's another 20 minutes uh, and then post it and everything else should be another 20 minutes. So if you take an, that's an hour a week, 20 minutes of content, 20 minutes of producing, 20 minutes of fiddling around with it, um, and that should be reasonable to do. Now, if you're doing a blab, sorry, I almost forgot to say this, or a periscope or a hangout, then however often you're doing it, however long it is, that's what it ends up being. And then you just edit the video, post it up to YouTube and stuff like that, pull out the audio and you're done, right? So you've created two pieces of content from your activities. Right. I, and I think consistency is more important than frequency. Yes. And also to me, um, content delivered is more important than the fact that you get something delivered. So, you know, I really spend quite a bit of time working with the people that I'm going to be interviewing. As you know, we've, we've been in contact and we really tried to pull the simulcast off, but yeah. it wasn't happening today. Um, but you, you have to spend some time, in my opinion, also preparing for it. So it's not just, oh, I've got a guest now, let's get on there. I mean, I think about the questions and, and you shared with me the topics that you thought might be of interest. And so the preparation to deliver quality content is time consuming. Yes. So I would agree. Um, my show is generally 30 minutes and then I go into a Q&A afterwards. And um, we're going to continue now since we got the disruption because there are a few more topics that I do want to discuss before we open it up to Q&A. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a good Q&A or myself, <laughs> or at least I'm a Q person. I know you've got the A's for us, but um, <laughs> So I'm thinking consistency. I'm thinking that you don't have to make it long. Just make sure that it's quality content. You're saying take it then and edit it so that you can pull the audio out and create just an audio podcast that you set that up on an iTunes channel channel and then create a video podcast because that's what we're all doing today anyway. Yes. And, and so how do you get the kind of subscribers that you are so good at, Scott? Wow, that's a great question, Virginia. <clears throat> I think the first thing that's really hard to understand because we've been trained by Google not to sort of see this is, you know, it's it's very hard to get your sites ranked. And if you're number on the first page and you're number one on Google, you know you're getting a ton of traffic. So there's this huge river flowing and unfortunately we're three blocks over and not able to take advantage of it. And what the the hardest thing for people to understand is if you've got a really good topic and people are interested in it, you don't have to do anything and you'll have listeners. And I can pretty much guarantee that within two hours of setting up your podcast and getting it into iTunes, you'll have had, you'll, the, the stats will say two downloads or 10 downloads or something like that. It just happens, right? The next step is how do you get that from 10 to 100 to 1,000 to 10,000, right? So it's the same answer as 
how do you get 10,000 uh, people following you on Twitter or 5,000 friends on Facebook or whatever it is on LinkedIn? You, you know, you get out there, you make sure that the information is spread out. And if you have, see, one of the really big advantages that you have when you do interviews, in my opinion, when you really take time to pick your guests well, and they're beautiful guests, they're, they're participating and they're having a lot of fun and they're sharing. So, all, you know, if you bring on a guest that has 10,000 Twitter followers and they tweet out to their followers, I was on Virginia Parsons show, then Virginia gets that bump, right? And so those people come, they click on her little button, you know, and, and uh, they like, you know, they're impressed. They want to listen to other shows and away you go. So having other guests on is a, is a really powerful way of spreading the word. And if they've got really good engaged tribes, it just, it just grows and grows and grows that way. So that's the, you know, the easiest thing is just posting on Twitter, posting on Facebook, getting good guests and having a good relationship with them so that they are, are willing to share. And when that, ha and this blab is so good for that, right? I push one button and I've shared it on Twitter, right? Uh, or I push another button, I've shared it on Facebook. So uh, then you just make sure you put some tags in so people that are interested in that topic, fine. And then blab itself brings people, right? There are people that come just because of the tags that we put on. And uh, so it's not hard. It's just the consistency is actually more important. Yeah, consistency is what I found is the most important because when I started my show, it basically was, you know, I had maybe one or two viewers <laughs> and in consistently being there and consistently sharing the, you know, the next one coming up and and talking about it and getting excited about it and then putting it out as, as you as I explained earlier um, in the in the blab, at least we got it out there that we were simulcasting all over the place. And we still are, I hope, in several areas. But if not, guess what? This blab's going to get back out there for those areas that I tried to simulcast in and we had problems over on Hangouts. But getting getting out there in multiple ways, multiple um, methods of contact, I think is really critical. Yeah. So are there are there also other ways that you would, I mean, I'm assuming you would use your email list and your contact list to let yeah. people know about your podcast and yeah. How about reviews? How do you get reviews? They just sort of, well, I think the way you get reviews is you ask, you know, if you really liked our show, please, you know, make sure you go into iTunes and leave a review or go to our website and leave a review. That would be the, that would, I've never really pushed for reviews. They just sort of seem to come uh, as a natural part of, of being engaged with the, with the show. So, Okay, so they just come because you create good quality content. Now, because um, you, you're not going to get reviews off the radio, definitely. So they really have to be watching you through iTunes. Is that right? Right. Well, or they can, um, you know, later on, they can just go into the iPhone. There's an iPhone. There's an podcast app on the iPhone that you cannot get rid of. Okay, so that you have a direct connection to everybody's device if you've got an Apple device. Uh, and just say, you know what, if you're driving, you know, we'd really appreciate when you take a break that you just get onto your iPhone and leave us a review. Okay. Sounds like a good idea. Now, are there other places that you might set up your podcast in addition to iTunes? Or as I sort of understood, iTunes was the place you had to be because 95% of your traffic comes from there. But what else do you use? 
It's uh, it's always been the 800 pound gorilla. And that's where almost all my traffic is. Well, 80 to 90% of my traffic comes from that. There are, there are podcast directories out there. Those are always a good thing to submit to simply because it's more backlinks and it's more opportunity for people to find you. Like if the bigger a web you can spread, the more flies you're going to catch if you like flies. Uh, and there's been some huge news in that because really when we look at uh, the telephone industry, it's you have the iPhone on one hand and you have an Android phone on the other and all the other, anyone else other than those two has kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, BlackBerry seems to be history and Windows keeps trying or Microsoft keeps trying to come up with phones and then nobody wants them, which I mean, who wants to have to reboot their phone every 10 minutes? So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but but Androids it, are here to stay. Androids are here to stay. And it's always been difficult to get podcasts on Androids be, just because of the way their system is set up. And Google finally, for some reason, woke up, smell, smelled the roses, and they've come up with a podcast platform for the Android, which includes a uh, Google Play uh, podcast marketplace, I guess is what they would call. So they've been selling music and apps and stuff like that for years, and now they've expanded it to podcasts. So all you have to do is go to uh, play.google.com forward slash music forward slash podcasts forward slash portal, and it'll take you to the page where you can submit the RSS feed from your podcast into Google Play. And they'll take a look at it, if you're approved in, in iTunes, you'll definitely be improved in Google Play. Google's standards, I, mean, I hate to put it that way, but it really is, they, they're not anywhere near as picky as Apple, okay? And I think it's because, the, I th well, like Apple will really look at everything you do in terms of apps or music or podcasts before they let it on, right? But the Android is kind of, you know, it's on the computer. It's not our computer. It's not our OS. It's not, you know, so they don't seem to be really as, uh, as concerned about all the things that Apple are concerned about. And also, you can't spend malware or spam or anything else through your uh, well, let me podcast. I'm sorry, say that again. You can't, you can't put spam or malware through your podcast anyway. So it's, you know, if they get complaints, they'll look into it. But they seem to be pretty quick. Got it. I want to repeat this for everyone. Uh, Scott said, if you're interested in getting onto the new Google uh, Play or Google Play Music podcast directory, <laughs> you said it was go to play.google.com forward slash music forward slash podcast forward slash podcast with an S podcast plural forecast portal. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to put that in the uh, comment section um, before we finish up here today. And so what you're saying, if I'm going to sort of summarize everything, is if you are creating broadcast assets of any sort, and this also, of course, talks to anyone who's doing you know, radio as well, that needs to turn that into a podcast. But any type of media, whether it's audio or video media, that we have now available to us as a resource through these amazing platforms, through Hangouts On Air, through Periscope, through even Mercat, by the way, I think you could do yeah. it, but the, Mercat doesn't record, do they? Can you get a recording um, on Mercat? I've only really played with Periscope and I haven't had a chance to really play with Mercat. 
Okay. Well, that was my understanding, which is why I chose Periscope over Mercat, that it's just there live. And um, unless you have your own recording um, uh, software that you could record it, that it's gone. Why do it hard, right? You can just do a blab. You've got the recording. You actually have an audio and a video recording from your blab. So it's, it's so easy. Yeah, so easy. So, you know, blab, here we are. And so you're going to take that and you're going to set up um, either and both probably. What you've really made clear to me is that I need to get an audio podcast set up as well for my show. So that will be my next step. And that will be, you know, the people that I'm working with, which I have my podcasting services done for you services. Now they're going to have two now. (laughs) You just doubled my work, but that's okay. I I doubled your business. In in five minutes. Awesome. I know. <laughs> and that's the point. This is not uh, tricky technology, really. You just have to get it set up. And then it's just a matter of submitting. And once you've submitted, it's growing your audience and sending people to it, letting them know that you have a new podcast, inviting them to come and check it out. And of course, inviting them to subscribe so that they get a continual flow of the material that you're already producing. So it's it's no extra work. This is true leveraging. Um, And then, of course, he talked about the audio podcasts that are that are coming out now where in the new cars or the new car radios, you're going to be able to be available on that. All they have to do is click on that button. And if they have subscribed to you, make sure I'm I'm sharing this correctly, Scott. If they have subscribed to your uh, podcast, it's going to be right there available for at a touch of a button to listen to driving down through whatever rush hour traffic you have to deal with, which I'm sorry about because I don't have to deal with that in Reno. And uh, finally, we're talking about all the different directories that are available. iTunes is the main one. You got to get on there. Once you get on there, you can easily get on to the other um, the other directories that are available. All right. So um, let's see if we've got anyone. I'm got, I've got the seat open. Anyone here that we've got live? Would you like to come in and ask a specific question to Scott about what you're thinking about in podcasting? I know we've got Sheila and Seba here, so you you're welcome to jump in and ask to join the seat if you want to. If not, put your questions right there in the comment section. And uh, Scott, I'm going to let you just sort of wrap everything up as well into a neat tidy bow as to why you are putting most of your efforts and training, by the way, let's talk about your trainings on Udemy and um, also your podcast channel. I know you've got lots of them. Which one do you want people to know about so they can get over there and subscribe to you? Uh, Well, on iTunes, I have uh, Internet Marketing Unleashed. That's probably the best one. If you do a search on my name, you'll probably find uh, between 30 and 40 podcasts that I've been involved in over the last 10 years. Some are uh, more active now than others. And that's another thing too that's really interesting about podcasting is you could be doing a podcast every week for six months and say, you know what, I've basically covered everything that I need to cover and stop. And people would be finding your podcast f- 10 years from now and listening to them. So if you have a really good evergreen content, then that's a, it's a beautiful use of podcasting because you'll get leads from it for the rest of your life after having done the work. Uh, I think what we're seeing right now is a bringing of podcasting into the mainstream because now everybody's going to have access to it. doesn't matter what type of phone you've got. Uh, Both the big guys are going to be pushing it because it's free content and that attracts people, right? So 
Uh, it's like, oh, great. I get, I get all this great information for free on any topic in the world. Uh, it's wonderful. And I, I'm seeing more and more and more of my peers getting on and saying, well, if these are the podcasts I'm listening to. What podcasts are you listening to? And it's just been uh, it's just been really interesting to see because these are all people that I've told about podcasting for 10 years. And it's like, they found this brand new thing called podcasting. And I go, yeah, okay. So you finally listened to me. Good to hear, good to see, right? Uh, and it's just another way of taking the information that you're already presenting to the world and, and directing it into another really distribution channel. It's like, you know, you, we used to have newspapers and radio, and then we had newspapers, radio, and TV. Now we have newspapers, radio, and uh, the internet. And then it's kind of coming all the way back around to, well, you know, we've got our news now on podcasts, just like we used to have it on the radio. So it doesn't take a lot of extra, it does takes no real extra work to do, uh, just minutes, and you've, you've doubled your reach. And I don't see why anyone would want to do that. Yeah, I'm still curious as to why, it, it, as you say, podcasting doesn't yet have that much competition. It's a it's a wide open field. Although when I go on YouTube or on iTunes, I would say, boy, there's a lot of podcasts. But relative to um, all the different ways that you can reach out, you're still saying it's pretty wide open field for um, making your mark. Well, you know, Virginia, in the world that you and I live in, we're quite happy sitting in front of our computer with a camera on and people seeing us. And the truth of the matter is, is that 99% of the population are absolutely terrified about doing that. So, and it actually came, one of my clients is a local renovator. And I said, great, let's just do a video. And I'm not thinking like nothing of it, right? And he is freaking out about being on camera. And so one of the things that we don't realize is it's pretty easy to sit down and just type out 500 words and post up a blog. You know, it's like I get my friend to edit it or look at it or and say it's good and then I'm done. But when it's me in front of a camera or recording a voice, I my voice sounds terrible. Oh, I look terrible on the camera. This is what the normal mass of population does. And because they're not willing to get outside of their comfort zone, there is a great opportunity for those of us that don't have a problem blabbing or getting on hangouts or being in front of the, the camera because we're quite willing to share our message. And all those people that aren't, you can tell the difference, right? Do a search on Google on some topic and there's 100 million results. Do a search on iTunes in the podcast directory on a topic. There could be 10, there could be 100, there could be a 1,000, but that's not a million. Right. Well, you know, how hard is it for if you like to type out a blog thing for you to go, hi, this is Scott Patton and my blog post today was and then read it. You know, yeah, not hard, but they don't do it. They won't do it because they can't stand the sound of their voice. There's I mean, all of these, whatever it is with public speaking excuses come to the forefront. So there's that real barrier. Plus, some people like podcasting and blabbing and this is one of the best personal development things you can do, in my opinion, because if you listen to yourself or you watch yourself afterwards, you go, oh, I said, um, a lot, or I said this word a lot. Like we have these words because we don't like silence. We feel like we have to fill it with something. So my brain is going, I need to say something uh, and I need to answer this question, but I can't think of it right now. And I need a second. Um, 
or just as you know, we, uh, we say something and it fills it up and we don't notice it and we don't know in our normal conversation, but we, uh, we do notice it a lot when we see that feedback that we get from the podcasts. Yeah, I, I teach the same thing as far as the camera is concerned. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that is that uh, you've got to become, you got to fall in love with your camera. And that is hard. I, I get it totally. I have to sell, mm-hmm. you know, share with people that the first time I broadcasted, I, I my, my heart was just going like this. My mouth was all pasty. And here today, you see, we had all sorts of technical difficulties. And I just still hung in there. It was no big deal because That's right. I've learned to just be comfortable with it, be myself and, and not get flustered. But those first few times, it is flustering. Here's what I can say to you. The first few times you do it, hardly anyone's going to be watching you, if if anyone, live. And you can relax yeah. with it. You can then take it out and edit it if you want to. But when you fall in love with your camera, you are giving your audience an opportunity to connect with you, to feel comfortable getting to know you. That's really what it's about. Yes. So you, you kind of have to decide that I'm going to move beyond my own ego and my own feelings of insecurity and say, I've got good information. I've got a passion. I've got something that could help other people in some way, transform their life in some way. That has to do with your passion, your expertise, you going out and learning how to do something or have being a natural talent at it and making sure that that's more important than your intimidation by either the camera, which is what I work with primarily, or your voice. And I agree totally with Scott that you you need to do this enough to go back and look at yourself, smile and laugh through it. Don't be yeah. so critical that it, it it makes you withdraw. Instead, look at this and say, oh, man, I know I can do that better. That was a real screw up. And you go back and you do it again. And the more you do it, the more comfortable and natural you become. And that's what your audience will connect to is you're not trying to be perfect. Hey, nobody can be. Do the best you can. Be yourself. And let your audience know you care about them. And I'm going to say that to all of you today. Thank you for bearing with us while we tried a massive simulcast and basically failed at it this time around. Not to say I haven't been successful before. This time it was really a failure. So we ended up here on Blab and we do have the whole recording here. So all my fans over on on G Plus and Hangouts in there, you will get a chance to take a look at this. We'll make sure it's available for you. So, um, Scott, uh, any final words that you want to share with people? And again, any last questions? Now's your chance. You can jump in. We've got just a couple more minutes. Jump in. Say hi to Scott. Let him know what you think about the powerful information that he's provided for us today. Or post some questions here in the um, comment section. you got just a few minutes. So, Scott, let's wrap this up and see if someone wants to come in and say hi. All right. Well, thank you very much, Virginia. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I, I, the way I really want to wrap it up is say, you know, we have opportunities galore today that we never had five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's opened up a whole new world of being able to live the life that you want, in my opinion. And podcasting is just one of the marketing funnels or one of the streams of, uh, you know, of all the things that we do to to communicate our message with our audience. And it's one I think that's really neglected, which creates a great opportunity for, for those of us that decide we want to reach out to all those people that have iPods and iPhones and iPads and now Android devices that are being neglected. 
and you know it's not a couple people it's 220 million people that have apple devices and i would assume it's probably 600 million people that have android devices and not all of those or even most of those or even a lot of those people are maybe interested in your topic but enough of them are to make it worth your while and I think that by reaching out to them and giving people another way in which to, to communicate with you is really, really important. And it's going to become more important as time goes on because I, I can see, you know, computers are, they're going the way of the dinosaur, right? I, you know, I can see one day where you're just going to put your little phone down and it's going to have a, a, a projector and it's going to project up on a wall. I mean, it's already coming and it'll be just normal where you just, you just tell your your phone, you know, this is what I want. You know, go to the blab that Virginia's doing instead of typing. Like this is going to be a sixty-year experiment of typing stuff out that will be gone because we're going to be Star Trekies. It's all going to be <laughs> computer. You know, I love the Star Trek where they go back in time and and Scotty's talking to the computer and the computer's not talking back and everybody's looking at him, right? Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. We've got Siri and we got whatever the Android sister of Siri is coming. I'm resisting it because I just can't, you know, the whole idea of talking to my phone is other than talking to a person on the other end. Is, but it's coming and it's going to be easier and easier and easier. And we are vocal people. We like getting together for coffee. We don't get together for coffee. Well, you see a lot of it where you get together for coffee and they're all on their texting on their phones. But you know, you get together for coffee to talk. You don't get together for coffee to get out your computer and, and type an email to somebody. And, and I think the technology is bringing that back where we can talk to people all around the world. And we're doing that with Blab. But some of those people, they like to have, uh, you know, they just like to do something else. And so they can't take their computer around. Well, that's great. They can be listening to you on their phone and they can be listening to you on their car. And that's a massive shift. Well, it is a massive shift, and I think that um, I, I, I hope computers don't go away totally because I love my desktop. <laughs> but um, you know, it's we all have multiple devices now. I mean, when I when I did the um, Periscope earlier, you know, I set it up here and put it on a little stand, and off we went. So this is this is a tablet. So you can do it on a tablet. You can do it on a um, on your phone, and so. Very few people just have one way of accessing the internet anymore. That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised that Blab does not yet have an app. I've looked numerous times for it. So if it does have an app. It does. It does have an app. It has an, an, an um, iPhone app for sure. I'm not 100%. Okay, maybe that's why I've looked on Android. It doesn't have it yet on Android then. If you go to blab.im, I think on the left... There's some, they have a page somewhere that has their app link. Okay. Can't find it on the Android Play Store at this point. So mm -hmm. I know it's got to be coming, all these things. This is new technology. You have to understand Blab's only been around, what, six or eight months now? <clears throat> so yes. it's still very new. But you're right. I think um, our, even if we are working, uh, you know, from home, which I love, I love being able to work from home and then connect with people all over the world. And I just yes. had a great conversation in which, you know, we call our, our hangout chats uh, with a, a wonderful man from Italy who's, who's spreading the word over there about the broadcasting platforms that are available. And it's just so expensive what you can do with this technology versus going down to the local Starbucks and 
having a coffee. It's it's much more efficient and uh, I think so powerful that um, I expected to continue and you're right as we go forward. I expect most of us will be on mobile devices. And I think we've only scratched the surface as to what we're going to see going forward in this platform of live stream broadcasting. It, we're just barely there. It's just yeah. the start oh, of a new revolution. It's a very exciting time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's see. We've got, uh, yes, at times personal is missing and yet for distance people more connections. I'm just sort of going through some of the comments here now. Thank you so much for for joining us, everybody. And again, I appreciate that you managed to, a few of you managed to get over from the Hangout and we'll make sure that the Hangout area does get a recording of this. So final thank you to Scott for having fun with me in this uh, process and, and being willing to explore it. So do more of that, okay? Along with your podcasting. That's right. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. You all have a great day and a wonderful holiday season. See you soon. Bye-bye now.